did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from eh to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt. That's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is off-season episode 10 with Philip Slavin. I just got back from seeing Top Gun Maverick. It's a movie that has planes in it. I don't want to give anything away. I will tell you I expected a line out the door to get into this movie. What I think would be the movie of 2022, Top Gun Maverick, the sequel to Top Gun. If a sequel was made, what, almost 40 years after the original one? Doesn't matter. Uh, What I can say is that Tom Cruise is forever. (laughs) Regardless of how you feel about him as a person, he is forever. And um, yeah, there's planes and there's people in it. And uh, I don't want to say too much. There's a motorcycle in it. Oh, let me say that you can see this movie having not seen Top Gun. And why would you be a person who's never seen Top Gun? But if you're that person, you can go see Top Gun Maverick without seeing Top Gun. If you want to see Top Gun, that's great. It's on the Netflix. Watch the Top Gun. Maybe you have the DVD. Maybe a friend of yours has a DVD. Or what is the technology? The Blu-ray? Anyways, there's skies and there's planes and Tom Cruise and it's Top Gun Maverick. And I would recommend that you see that movie. But you will not have to stand in a line if you go to the Cross Lanes West Virginia Theater, okay? Philip Slavin is on the podcast this week. He is a founder of the 1012 Network. He's a host of the 1012 Podcast. The 1012 Network collection of podcasts focused on, you guessed it, schools in the Big 12, one that I frequently listen to that's part of the Big 12 Network is friends of the show, Brandon and Jeremy Phoenix with the Raspy Voice Kids. They have the WVU podcast on that network. But Philip Slavin is on the podcast this week. Here's my interview with Philip Slavin. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. For example, Milwaukee Bucks is a team in the playoffs. Javon Carter's on that team. Put two and two together. Just throwing some ideas out there. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays You can do just that. Create your own parlay, combine multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, and boom, 
you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Philip Slavin, welcome to Unreasonable Down, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. Hey, Josh, appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, uh, so you are, can I call you founder of the 1012 Network, co-founder? Uh, I think founder's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, and you, and so the, you had the 1012 podcast, announced mm-hmm. the network about 10 months ago. Perfect timing, right? Right along with the week that uh, Texas and Oklahoma were making their call to move to the SEC. Yeah. What was going, what was going through your mind, Philip, at the time? And just give me your thoughts on the first 10 months of the 1012 network. Uh, I mean, well, honestly, so we had been planning it for a while and, and on the backside, kind of gathering some of the podcasts we wanted in the network just to start off with. Um, it, had, it kind of an idea that had been building and we, uh, we had decided on, okay, we're going to, we're going to announce launch this thing in August, like August 1st, uh, get back from big 12 media day. Everything's excited. We're so thrilled for the future of the conference. It's so solid. And then, Hey, Oklahoma and Texas are going to leave for the SEC. And it's just like, huh what a time to build a podcast network for a conference that may not exist uh, this time next year. So, you know, uh, we, as a big 12 fan, very anxious, like everyone else was about what, what it all meant. Uh, ironically or unironically, our, uh, we, we did a, uh, I don't want to say it was a meltdown, but a very emotional, like, what does this all mean with our friend Keegan Renault, uh, which is still the most listened to episode of the podcast is like, we did it that day like that day the news comes out it's like like let's just let's just roll with this um but here we are the big 12 remains a conference for the uh foreseeable future until whatever happens uh, and so the network continues to grow we have adjusted and we've we've got a houston show i will continue we'll, we'll work to add shows for each of the schools that are going to be joining the big 12 eventually uh, and so and so here we are fantastic you're a oklahoma state follower mm. fan I bleed orange. Yes. Bleed orange. So tell me outside perspective. uh, Well, this is the inside perspective. What is the plight of an Oklahoma state basketball fan, specifically basketball? Mm. Okay. So uh, you you get at the heart of my first true love. Um, I I was an Oklahoma state basketball fan before I was a a big fan of anything else. Uh, My, uh, my time at OSU overlapped with the 0304 season, which was the last run to a final four. It is set as a head coach. Uh, Tony Allen, still my favorite former Oklahoma state player uh, to this day, former Memphis Grizzly, grit and grind. Um, And so that is, that was my first love. That was my first true sports love. Like I kind of grew up a Niners fan and a Chiefs fan because of my grandpa. I didn't have a college allegiance because my parents went to Northwestern or Northeastern state and Tahlequah or whatever it's called. Yeah. The river Hawks. I don't know. Um, So I didn't have like collegiate fandom locked in. Um, Then I went to OSU and I fell in love with that team and fell in love with Oklahoma state men's basketball. And so but at this point, sitting here as an OSU fan, it's like, um, it's been a long time since 03, 04. It's been a long time since Eddie Sutton's career came to an end in Stillwater. 
And um, it's rough because I think we've watched Oklahoma State evolve from a, a basketball school with a, with a wrestling tendencies to a football school. I mean, Oklahoma State is a football school. And, and I said, well, they're not. It's all about mindset. Uh, university athletic department mindset. And, and Oklahoma State is a football school. That is this. I mean, it's always been the number one sport for everybody. But that's the sport that I think most fans care most about. Um, I am still part of a diehard group of Oklahoma State fans who I think more the older generation, which is a weird thing to say as someone who's now in his late 30s, um, <laughs> that still dreams of the uh, the Eddie Sutton era and the bygone times when Oklahoma State was annually good and annually making the tournament. So I, I would love to get back there. I have questions about if, if that will happen. Um, but I like Boynton. I hope he succeeds personally, uh, not just as an OSU fan, but as somebody who, who really enjoys him as a person and, and how he represents the university. I really want to see him succeed. And I, I would rather see that than continue to go through coaches and coaches and coaches. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a big year for them. And, and uh, I think there's a lot on the line for Boynton this year. I'm not, I'm not putting him on the hot seat. I'm not going to say like, oh, they don't make the tournament. He's fired. I don't, I don't think that's the case. Um, but I do think this is an important year for him. I think you have to give him two years. You finally got the, the, the FBI and NCAA sanctioned nonsense out of the way. That's gone. That is something that has affected recruiting. Um, the postseason ban is over. Like, I think you kind of have to say, okay, you've got, give him two years, give him this year. You've had a weird off season, everything that's going on. Let's get into this season. Let's ha hopefully have a nice year and let's build into next season. I, I, cause you saw a lot of, look, everybody loses players, but you saw some, quite a few guys under the transfer portal from Oklahoma state that OSU fans really liked. And that happens for everybody. We see it across the board. Uh, you've got, you've got Texas tech starters, uh, four-year players transferring to Kansas, which, you know, that's going over well, but it's just, it's kind I, of all the big 12 interconference transfers. It's very, I don't know if other conferences are experiencing this. It's just very weird. You know, we're experiencing it with Jalen Bridges and of course the Oklahoma state move and uh, like, or Texas tech to, to Kansas. Like it's, it's, I don't usually see that very often. It's happening. It seems frequently in the big 12. I am. I'm going to have to ask my buddy, Brian Ralph of, uh, of heat check about this, but I am curious if you did a, a looked at the numbers is that common across college basketball or is that more common in the big 12 or is it just that some of the big names are doing it? So it seems like a bigger deal. Cause we do that. Sometimes we take a few key examples of a few people who are a bigger, uh, who, who we recognize more and say, this is a huge problem. And really it's just like three guys, which is maybe on average and everybody else. I, I'm not saying it's three. I'm saying it's just, that's how it tends to happen. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I would, um, now I'm going to have to go figure out the answer to, or, or see if somebody else has ran the numbers for me so that I don't have to trust you. <laughs> uh, it, running, running stats uh, and doing NCAA stat deep dives and things with, uh, with a newborn is not as easy as people would, would think it is, but uh, it's not. Um, like as far as OSU, I hope we have a good season. It would be very nice as an Oklahoma State fan. As far as the Big 12 goes, I mean, look, it's still the best conference. And it, that's always going to matter. Um, it just, it is, it makes it harder, but I think OSU needs, had, needs to have a good year. I think Boynton has two years um, to see what he can do. And I think a lot of people being likable matters, folks, being likable. <laughs> uh, 
can get you a long way and buy you extra time that whether you deserve it or not, or being unlikable will get you shown the door quicker than you probably deserve to be shown. That's why it's nice to be nice. Just as a- it's nice to be nice. And yeah. truthfully, as heart-wrenching as that press conference was with Boynton after the, the postseason ban came out, like just that press conference alone buys you the two years. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's a that's not nice. It's just standing up for your school, saying this is wrong, calling out names. Like he did what he had to do in that moment to kind of give himself an extra season, in my opinion. So I think the other thing for him, you know, it was him and, and at the time, new athletic director, Chad Weiberg, were both sitting at the table. And, you know, usually when you think of, we've had a coach who hasn't reached the level we'd like, and there's a new AD in, and should they be more worried about their job? Weiberg, is the new athletic director, but he's been at the program as the assistant, basically as the guy in waiting for a while. And, and so that relationship is already pretty strong. So I, it's not a situation where it's like, it's a new AD coming in. He's going to want his people. That relationship is there. I think Weiberg is very much in support of, of, of coach Boynton. I think that's all he's ever vocalized and not in a, like, here's our vote of confidence. That's not a real vote of confidence. Just that you've got one more year. We're not going to fire you this off season. Cause we need to make sure that you can still kind of, you know, quote unquote recruit. But, um, I do think for Boynton, barring just a complete collapse, he's he's got at least two years to make it back to the tournament and and, and feel pretty good. All right. So unfairly or fairly, I'm going to make you wear the Big 12 hat uh, in relation to how the conference, how everybody feels about WVU. We're, we just finished the 10th season of WVU in the Big 12 conference. Give me your thoughts in 2011, Philip, when you found out WVU, the TCU news already happened, WVU is the 10th school. Give me your thoughts at that time of a looking at a map of the United States, like all of our teams around here, and then East Coast, WVU joins the conference. What were your thoughts back then? Um, I mean, all the way back then, I didn't make any sense they weren't adding Louisville. Uh, and that's not a shot at West Virginia, but like geographically, it made so much more sense to add Louisville. Closer proximity, successful football and basketball programs, like they were a basketball school, Big 12, big in basketball, like it made a ton of sense. We all kind of have an inkling as to why that didn't happen at <laughs> Texas. Um, and now we have West Virginia. And at the time I was like, okay, cool. Uh, we've got West Virginia. Um, it's never made a lot of sense geographically. Yes, I know airplanes exist, and it's it's a lot easier to travel from place to place uh, in, in nowadays than it was back in the time of yore. But I think West Virginia has always been a little bit of an outlier in the Big Twelve. Um, I think, from a personality standpoint, they fit the Big Twelve better than most people realize. Um, I think West Virginia fans have more of an SEC fan base mentality um, when it comes to football. Um, maybe more of the South Carolina level of success as of recent years, but, but definitely the mindset of an SEC program. And it's not a matter of fit. It's, we actually had the boys from raspy voice kids on the show. We had Brandon on a couple of weeks ago and, and I wanted to talk a lot about West Virginia and the lack of rivalries. And, you know, we've been pushing for a, a protected rivalry scheduling model, similar to what the ACC is, is talking about doing kind of a three plus five. We're talking about three plus six. And I wanted to talk about, you know, who would the protected rivalries be for West Virginia if you're going to, it's, it's a, and, and talking about rivalries in the big 12 for West Virginia and how that fits. And so I think when West Virginia came in, 
West Virginia fans still even this past off season when you were talking about like, oh, where's everybody going to end up? The Big 12 is going to implode. No one's going to be here. And West Virginia fans got back on there. The ACC needs us. They want us. You should be there. At some point, I would say this. West Virginia is in the Big 12. And, and, I want, and I say this as nice as I can. Get over it. You're here. Be part of the conference. Um, the ACC does not want you. They would have brought you in if they did. They've had many opportunities, um, and they still have not done so. And this isn't some movie where you're the, the nerdy guy who if you could just get the beautiful woman to notice you, um, she finally would, and you guys would be together forever like a lot of creeps on the internet seem to think is reality because they watched some movie in the 1980s that they still just can't get over. Hey, you know, things impact you in your teenage years that stick with you forever. I just, and this isn't a shot at West Virginia, like I get it. Your rivals are in the ACC and the Big Ten. You geographically make sense in the ACC uh, or even in the SEC. Like I said, I think I think from a personality standpoint, West Virginia would make a good SEC school. Um, but you're part of the Big 12. And so I understand you can't force rivalries and I understand you can't force like relationships. But at a certain point, you're like, there's got to be some buy-in. And, and the conversation we had was like, the best thing you can call a rivalry is maybe at the Riot Bowl. And I don't think that's an apt name for West Virginia, Iowa State, because there's not, it's, it's not like heated. There's a weird mutual respect. Outside of that, West Virginia fans just don't get up for any Big 12 game. And I get it. It's hard when you have to travel so far to go to those games and you kind of look for situations like, what were, so what were some impactful games that maybe affected how West Virginia, but West Virginia fans don't ever blame. Like you look at the year with Will Greer, they don't, they don't look at those games they lost against other Big 12 teams. Like, let's say Oklahoma State. You know, it's not like, ah, I thought for some time, especially when Holgerson was there, there might be a, a rivalry between OSU and West Virginia because of Holgerson. It made a lot of sense. It's just never come. And I think some of it's on the, the other teams, the Big 12 side, but I also think some of that's West Virginia fans. Like, I think I just I don't ever feel the hatred from West Virginia towards any of the other teams in the Big 12. And I think that it's kind of a mutual thing. It's like, we're glad West Virginia's here. They're part of the conference, but we've yet to really create a like, I freaking hate having to play West Virginia. Which, which is weird because I think that plenty of that's happened with TCU, with teams in the Big 12 since they joined, that go outside of the state of Texas. Obviously they had the relationships with the state, the, the Texas schools, but I think some of that's formed outside of Texas with TCU even more than it has with West Virginia. And, and it's, and it's, I think it's kind of a both sides thing. Like at a certain point, West Virginia fans, you guys got to kind of buy in. Like you just got to buy in the fact that you're in the big 12, either it's the big 12 or the American where you want to be right now. You want to be in the big 12, be in the big 12. Like you're in the, you're part of the family. You might as well be part of it. Instead of just, I can't wait till I'm 18 and get out of here and go move off to wherever else and stay out of the house. Like you're part of the family, just stick around and be happy. Okay. It's, it's a, so you're saying it's a meeting you with your energy, right? Like WVU has this kind of, ah, we don't know you. What do we have to do with uh, Lubbock, Texas? And, and your and the big 12 was like, all right, fine. Like, but these are the, this is the hand we're dealt. Let's try to make it work. And we're 10 years in, we're still having questions of, you know, asking for the ACC that doesn't want us or choosing to take a step down, which Philip, I've seen that around here. I've seen the, you know what? They're not I don't think they say, they call the American out, but they just say, you know, let's let's get regional and, and we don't care what it looks like and and who cares what the money looks like, which is an insane opinion, but I've seen it. Yeah, you you <laughs> everyone think that sounds cool because you can go play Marshall annually, which you guys can do anyways. It's called non-conference. Uh but yeah, you don't you don't want the, the money to go away. Uh 
I just, which is the big part of this. I mean, for WVU, it's the begrudgingly, not only does ACC not want you, the money is better, the situation is better, mm-hmm. uh, even with the travel and the cons of staying in the Big 12. So it's so it's I, weird that we're that we're 10 years out and we're st- I don't yeah. know how much ground we've we've gained uh on both sides, like you've discussed. So let me let me kind of pitch this to you. One of the things I've been thinking about, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk West Virginia was of the current Big 12 schools, who benefits the most or at all with the four schools coming in? Does anybody does the conference as a whole, because you get back to 12, you know, you get some some named brands with BYU, who's a national program, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, like who benefits the most? I, I don't think it's the teams around Houston because now you've got Houston who's going to be able, it's always been like, if Houston ever comes, they're going to increase the recruiting. It's going to hurt everybody across the board. So I like, I don't think Houston benefits anybody in the big 12. I think it just benefits the conference by having Houston. Uh, BYU gets you, it's kind of like old Colorado. It's just, but you know, good. Um, UCF, can kind of guess you can get into Florida. I'm not sure how much the impact of recruiting is going to help, but for, for West Virginia with Cincinnati, like you get Huggins old coach school, you get a former big, big East team that you used to play. Um, I, I kind of think West Virginia, a, you get Cincinnati who is even closer to West Virginia than Iowa state is you get UCF West Virginia. I think, I think West Virginia is the closest school to, to, to UCF. I can't remember the difference between it and Houston. I mean, it's about, it's not like insanely close, but it's Florida is a state that has felt like of all the schools in the Big 12, West Virginia recruits the most. I know Iowa State does a pretty good job down there. Um, but it does feel like West Virginia getting to have UCF, having Cincinnati in the conference is the school I look at and say, if there's somebody who benefits the most by the new schools coming in, it's West Virginia. I would agree with that. And, and simply because, and you have the Big East connection with Cincinnati and the obvious, obvious Huggins connection, but as a basketball focused podcast, what Huggins complains about and what you see, the travel coming back from the 8 p.m. Central Time start, I mean, you're just, you're basically showing up at four in the morning in Morgantown and expected to go to classes the next day. So even if it's not, you know, a short drive to uh, Central Florida, you get to come back in the same time zone. You don't lose that hour. So I think just as weird as that sounds, the the time zone uh, increase of two members to the conference is a big help to WVU, just from a basketball standpoint. Okay, let's do this. All right. Um, Orlando to Morgantown is a, what is it? About roughly 900 mile difference, 899.7 miles, a 13 hour drive. Orlando to Houston is 962. So Morgantown is closer to Orlando than Houston, Texas is by car. Um, so we can tell. So again, for West Virginia, and it's still a long ways, it's not close, but I think Cincinnati, bringing Cincinnati in benefits West Virginia a ton. It gives you what feels like should immediately be a natural rivalry for West Virginia. Um, again, Cincinnati is going to be new to the conference. So it's not like you're, you've established something with the current schools, but it is kind of like, I keep using all these wedding comps. It's like you married into this family and you don't love, you get along with them all right. Uh, but, but now 
one of your one of the, the, the your wife's sisters is getting married and her new husband and you are going to be like BFF. Like you finally feel like you've got a buddy in the family where you can at least both either commiserate about everybody else or just have some mutual things that you're going to enjoy together. You've got a buddy in the family. You don't feel so alone anymore. The brother-in-law I've always wanted. Yes, there you go. <laughs> That's great. Uh, well, last question, Philip. Uh, you mentioned it uh, briefly, so I think I know your answer, but you talked about it, and just Kim Pomeroy is one way to keep track of this. They, Kim Pomeroy ranked the Big 12, according to his metrics, the best conference in seven out of the last 10 seasons. Do you think with all of the changes and all the transfers and some in conference and out, do you think the Big 12 will end up number one next season? Uh, yeah. There's no reason not to think so. And, and, you know, speaking of Kim Pomeroy, he put out the numbers and I don't have them in front of me. Um, after the new schools were announced, they were coming to the big 12 and he showed here's where the conferences rank currently. Here's where the conferences will rank once OU and Texas go to the sec and BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF join the big 12. And while the gap between the big 12 and everybody else got smaller, they were still a number one ranked conference because you look at what you're bringing in in Houston and what Calvin Sampson's doing there. Uh, Cincinnati, who's perennially pretty good and seems like they're kind of on the upswing. BYU, who is a solid program. I mean, I know UCF's not very good uh, as a men's basketball program, but that's okay. It would be nice to have one easy win in the conference because even TCU's not that anymore. Um, so I, like, as a conference, it won't be as good, but the difference between men's basketball and football is in football, you're losing Oklahoma, who's won the conference like every year until last year. You're losing Texas, who I know they've sucked for a decade, but they're still viewed as, as, a, as a really good program. In basketball, you're keeping Kansas, who is your best program, and you're keeping Baylor, who is now your arguably second, if not 1B to Kansas program. Like You're keeping your best up. Oklahoma and Texas have had nice seasons, but they're maybe upper half middle of the conference teams more often than not it's not like you're losing two of your best programs historically you're keeping those in-house so it's not as big a hit on men's basketball and you can think the same thing for women's basketball as well like you're keeping baylor on the women's side yes texas has been pretty has been good oklahoma has been good oklahoma has been down for a little bit texas has been a little bit like but on men's basketball you're not going to see it you shouldn't see a dip like really not right. not not with who you're bringing in and because basketball is the way it is, and honestly, I, I think you can make an argument. I know Texas recruits well. Houston's been a better basketball program with Calvin Sampson there than Texas has for since, I don't know, a while. I mean, we're two years removed from a Final Four and a strong showing this year. I mean, the Kim Pomeroy ratings love what Kelvin Sampson is doing. So yeah. that is a, a elite team right now uh, in college basketball. And so to pick that up and defensive-minded, so another defensive team in the mix – uh the gauntlet will continue so uh well that's it i appreciate your time check out the 1012 network obviously check out the raspy voice kids and philip slavin thank you for joining me on unreasonable doubt a podcast about west virginia university basketball anytime bud anytime interact with the show that just means interact with me on social media on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact! Big thanks to Philip for joining me on the show. You can find the 1012 podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. 
other podcasts on the 1012 network. You can find those wherever you listen to podcasts. The Twitter handle for the 1012 podcast network is at 1012 network, spell out 1012 network. And you can find Philip on Twitter at OKTXARPOKE, P O K E. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Castbox. Leave a review. I know, I know. Everybody's busy. There's a lot going on. But just if you're on the Apple Podcast or if you're on the Spotify or whatever platform that gives you an option to leave a review, do it. There's going to be stars involved probably. Give uh, I'm asking politely for you to give me all the stars because I think it helps this podcast. Say whatever you want about the podcast, but hit the five-star button. Five stars. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Down. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. They had 16 wins and they had 17 losses. <laughs>